Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'm going to be reading from the book of Exodus. Speaking of travels, uh, Exodus chapter 17, and I'm reading from verses 8 to 13. Now, Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on either side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is truth. Your word is life. Your word is directional. It's correctional. It's your love letter to us. It's the thing that we hold on to. It's foundational in our life. And Father, I pray that as I bring this word today, Lord, you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer to portray the words that you want me to speak, Lord God, and that every single person in this place would hear what you want to say to them, Lord God, and online as well, Father God. Lord, we just give you all the praise and glory for all that you do, all that you are. Lord, that we can call you our Abba Father. And we commit this time into your hands in the precious and the matchless name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. I did a little bit of a word study on Amalek and the Amalekites. I love all the ites in the Bible, even though they were all enemies of Israel. But Amalek um, was the grandson of Esau. Um, And you find in this passage of scripture, the Amalekites came to Rephidim, which is a place, supposedly a place of rest, where they've come to rest and where they're, um, yeah, you go to a place of rest and you expect rest. Well, the Amalekites turned up. Um, the Amalekites represent spiritual forces arrayed against us when we look into the context of how it's used in the word. Israel's best men couldn't defeat them and it was only by spiritual warfare and the, the army that God raised up through Joshua that they were able to be defeated. So um, in some rabbinical text, Amalek is called one who licks blood. So that says a lot. That is very graphic illustration. So the Amalekites were a a warmongering people and they they shared a lot of blood. So I really want to look at this scripture today in the light of what it means to us, how it applies to us and how we can go forward in the season that we're in um, armed with the word of God. So I'm going to just zero in on some of this stuff today. Is that okay? Yeah. 
Right, verse 8. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So we see here, Joshua is sent to fight. Moses prays. Aaron and Hur stand on either side of Moses, supporting him. So everyone's called to do a specific job. Everyone's got a purpose in this passage of texture. And it's the same in the church. Everyone here is called to a purpose. Everyone has a gift, at least one, upon their life. And in the timing of God, as we use those gifts, we all work together and function as the body of Christ. Joshua and the troops were sent into the valley. He was told to choose men. While Moses, with Aaron and Hur, stayed on top of the hill. And Moses had the rod of God in his hands and it was visible for all. Everyone was in their correct place. Everyone was doing what they were called to do. Everyone functioning in what they were called to do for the season that they were in. And seasons change for us too. So it's a case of knowing what our season is and what we are required to do during that season. People come, people go, seasons change, things happen. We've got to be tapped into the will of God and understand and know what the season is we're in so that we can function according to what God wants us to do. That involves giftings, it, call, it, it involves callings, it's, it's authority that's placed on certain ones within the body of Christ. But it's all together working in unity, in unity in one accord, Psalm 133, where there is unity, God commands the blessing. We are one body, but we're many parts. We're just the church here in Murray Bridge that is called Bridge City Church. There are other parts of the body here. There are other parts in the state, in the nation and all over the world. We are the body of Christ corporate. And so if we I really, really feel like in the times we're living in now, if we function in the giftings and the timing that God has for each one of us, we're going to make incredible impact on our world and we're going to bring the life and the hope and the, the joy of Jesus into our community and beyond, no matter what's happening in the world. And I'm getting ahead of myself. So we're talking about the rod, the influence of the rod of Moses. It's amazing, isn't it? Moses was called as an intercessor, but he was authorised as a leader as well. And as he had his hands raised, he was lifting them to God with the rod in his right hand. And he was seeking God in prayer for God's will to be done. And with that rod, the influence that that had upon the battle was incredible because when Moses held up his hands in prayer, Israel prevailed. In, in fact, they were winning. But when he let down his hand from prayer, the, the enemy started to win. The enemy started to take hold. The rod that Moses held up in Israel was held up as a banner to encourage the soldiers who might look up and see it. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the banner over all of our lives. He's the one that we need to look to no matter what we're going through in our life. Looking through the eyes of faith with hearts filled with his word and seeing the things that God wants to do in the midst of the battle. To depend on him totally and completely and to seek him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength to seek him for strategy, to seek him for purpose and in everything, timing. 
God's timing is the essence. It is so important. We also know that Moses got tired. His hands were heavy. We know that no matter how fit and healthy you are, eventually you're going to get tired if you're operating just in the physical realm. But we also know in Isaiah 40 verses 30 to 1, 31, the youth shall faint and be weary, the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. The Bible doesn't tell us that Joshua got weary with the battle, with the physical efforts that he had to make. That's not spoken of. It talks about Moses getting weary. Moses' hands were heavy. And sometimes the physical is easier than the spiritual battle that we can face. Sometimes it's easier to do the physical rather than get on our knees and pray. Well, on my knee, in my instance, I've got a sore knee. (laughs) Sometimes it's easy to do what you can do in the natural without seeking God, without going to him and saying, what should I do in this instance? Sometimes it's easy because we're able just to reach out, step out and get it sorted when what God is saying to us is handed on to someone else. Personally, I can say that. He's saying, leave it, the battle is not yours, it's mine. He's saying little to the right, a little to the left. Now stop, now walk, now run. We've got to seek him for what he requires of us. And this message to me screams reach for God, reach out for God, that the lifting of our hands are reaching out for God, declaring our total surrender to him, declaring our dependence on him our adoration, our love, our grateful hearts for him and all that he does in our lives. And I also find that the more spiritual any service that we do for God is, the more inclined we are to have stuff thrown at us, the more inclined there is to be an attack that comes against us, towards us. You see, the physical law of moving forward is that there is an equal push from the other way coming against you as you take ground. We need to make that choice daily. Lord, I'm going to seek you. I'm not just going to go out in the battle. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to combine the physical with the spiritual. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to ask you what I need to do today. I'm also going to ask you what I don't need to do today so that we can be so strategic and plan our lives around God's will for each one of us. It's a casting down of imaginations. It's a casting down of the thoughts and the processes that hit us in the head. If you do this, this will happen. If you do that, that will happen. You know, the Israelites were there. They went to Rephidim, a place of rest. They were there expecting rest. And what happened was they, w- they went into war. 
And sometimes we're just looking for a place of rest and, and we're looking for a place of solitude and the very thing that we're seeking eludes us because things will come against us and that's the nature of life, especially at the moment in the world that we're living in. It's, it's a case of saying, well, Jesus said in Matthew 26, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation and the spirit is willing but the flesh is indeed weak. And so it's casting down those imaginations. It's stilling your soul before God. It's asking him to show you the way that you should walk, how you need to do the battle, whether you need to hand it on to someone else. You see, Moses could have been in the valley with Joshua, but he wasn't called to do that. He was called to go up on the hill. Joshua was called to do the physical work. Moses was on the hill. Aaron and her were there with him. And when they were fighting in the valley and they looked up, they could see Moses with his hands held high, holding the rod, the word of God. That's what it stands for, the word of God. It was a symbol of authority, but it was a symbol that the shepherds used as well. And I'll, I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But as he stood there, you imagine what it's like when you're in the midst of the battle and you look around and you see Moses standing there. Moses was a type of Jesus. Joshua was a type of Jesus in the Old Testament. Fulfilled completely as Yeshua was born, as Jesus was born. But when we're in the battle, we need to look and see that prayer is our answer. We need to see that the word of God that's being held high is the answer. It's the strategy. It's the key. It's the very thing we need to pull us through from that battle to, to the victory that God has for us. Amen. Yeah, spiritual warfare, when the battle is raging, we choose to reach for God, reach for God for the solution, reach to God for the strategy. And sometimes it's a, it's a lifting of physical hands, sometimes it's a lifting and an opening of your heart and saying, God, I need you, I need you, show me what I need to do. And I know every single one of us in this place has been at a place where Times in your lives where you're really reaching out to God, you really need his will. You need to understand that trusting in him and in his sovereignty is the, is the exercising of mega faith, I believe. And as we exercise our faith in him, he's going to show us what to do. Choosing to reach for him, choosing to declare, Lord, I can't do this, but you can. Lord, I can't do it. Everything's being thrown at me. Everything is trying to stop me from, from moving ahead in you, from stopping me from praying, stopping me from even having time with him in the mornings. You know, we're all busy people. What's stopping you from getting into the word? What's stopping you from getting into prayer, if anything? There are seasons of busyness and yet it's a choice. Today, I discipline myself to rise at 5.30, to read the word, to spend time with him, not just talking to him, but listening to him because he will download the things that you need to hear when you take that time out. Choosing to reach for God. So let's look at the rod. The rod is our protection. The word of God's our protection. The rod was used by shepherds in the old days to defend the sheep against predators. And because sheep travel in packs, sometimes you get a stray sheep that goes off and wanders away. But sheep are not known for massive intelligence. They are little herd animals and, and, and I can really relate to this. 
And it was up to the shepherd to adequately defend the flock. So he had a rod. It was about two metres in length. Um, sometimes it had a bit of a club on the end of it. What they used to do, it was a solid weapon against enemies. It was a, a symbol of protection. It was there to defend you, hold it up against, and it was there to attack the enemy. And it's exactly what the Word of God does. It's defensive and it's offensive. In biblical times, the sheep would pass under the rod and the shepherd would count them. He would also run it over the fleece to see if there were any parasites in there. And if there were, the shepherd would pull that sheep aside to rid that sheep of the parasites. And how like us, when we are really struggling and there's stuff going on on the inside and we spend that time with God and in his word he will show us the things that we need to deal with, the things that are eating away at our flesh, the things that are maybe parasitical in nature that we need to bring under the word of God and say, God, take this away from me. God will show you the things that you need to deal with. It might be anger, it might be... It might be, it could be anything. Fill in the blank. Whatever you're dealing with, bring it to God. Reach for God in prayer and let him minister to you because it's the rod, it's the word of God that's going to alleviate that problem or give you the keys and strategies so that you can move forward for the healing that you need. Mm. Hebrews 4.12 for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You see, the sword can be used when the attack comes. The word can be used in your mouth offensively and defensively. You can speak into that situation through the word of God. And I've got a heap of scripture keys on a piece of paper that if anybody wants them, it's something that I used as a young Christian and have added to over the years that when things are coming against me, I use the word of God. Just like Jesus when he was in the desert and he was tempted by the devil, he used the word to come against the attack of the enemy. So the word of God is amazing. The word of God will test our hearts and direct us. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, The word is, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So what did the rod do in, in biblical times, in the times when Moses lived? You see, we, we know now that in the fulfillment of the Old Testament in the New Testament with Jesus that we've got the word. You know, but what did they do then? They, they had the Torah in the, the temple in those days and that's all they had. We've got the Holy Spirit. We have that revelation that God gives us. But what did the rod do? There were incredible things that were wrought by that rod back in Moses' days. There were ten plagues of Egypt and the rod brought them. It brought a, about those plagues. It, it was an incredible thing. It didn't bring about it. It allowed it. But what happened was they made a way for Israel to escape hundreds of years of bondage through the plagues. You see, Moses went to Pharaoh, and you can read that in Exodus as well, and, you know, challenged him time and time again. He threw the rod down. The rod became a snake. He picked it up, and it became the rod again. So there were supernatural things that happened. Those plagues brought about the freedom of Israel. It brought about the beginning of the Exodus so that they could get out of there, out of slavery and bondage. 
we bring it into the New Testament and we see that it's Jesus that sets us free from every bondage and every slavery that we might be under. Moses parted the Red Sea with it and he closed it. You imagine, we've been at the Red Sea, we've seen what it's like. And he struck the ground and the Red Sea parted and made away three metres, they reckon, wide and the sea banked up on either side. That's the supernatural power of God making a way where there is no way, where you think there's no way. It's the word of God that can do that and that's what Moses displayed there. What about when they're in the desert and Moses hit the rock or smote the rock? I love that word. He smote the rock. Yeah. Do you ever stub your toe in the dark and say, oh, I smote my toe? (laughs) He smote the rock. He hit the rock. And that water came forth in the desert. And that speaks of the supernatural provision of God, the life-giving provision of the water of God, of the Holy Spirit that he's given us. And Jesus, our eternal life giver, when we receive Jesus, he's the giver of the life that we need to seek after day by day by day. It was the rod as the banner of God that brought about the victory. And under God's raised banner, victory is always certain. It doesn't always look the way you imagine it's going to look. Sometimes circumstances in your life don't turn out the way you planned or want. But God's victory is always certain when we trust him and rely on his sovereignty, knowing that the plans he has for us are good, not for evil, to give us a future and a hope when we seek him with all our heart. It was that symbol also of authority in Moses' hand. And then verse 12, but Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and they put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. When our battle for doing God's will is being attacked, when we're disappointed because things are not going our way, because we're grieved because we're sick when things are not unfolding the way you think in your head they should be we've got to keep persisting in prayer we've got to keep trusting in the one who parted those waters who created heaven and earth who sent his only son to die for us, a sinless lamb of God, the one-time sacrifice for all that we would know Jesus as Saviour and Lord so that we wouldn't have to rely just on our own resources but could trust in him in everything. Not 99%, 100%. God cares so much for every circumstance in your life. When we trust him in the battle, it's easy to trust when you're not in a battle. But when you're trusting him through the battle, you can have a peace despite the storms raging around you because the battle then is his and the results are his and the consequences are his. Trusting. You are spot on with that word, Jeff. Trusting in his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his sovereignty and his plans. 
You see, the enemy, a good old Amalek, might prevail for a while. He might be, you know, seen to be winning for a while. We might take a few body blows, but we win in the end. We win. Turn the person next to you and say, you're a winner. Yeah, you're a winner. (laughs) And Amalek, though he was winning at times, the reason was Moses' arms were let down when he should have continued to reach for God in prayer. When we're operating in our own strength, we can do it for a time, but we get tired. When we lift our hands to God, when we reach to God, and it's through our worship and our prayer. And worship and prayer, I think, are interchangeable because I think prayer is a form of worship as well as worship being a form of prayer. It's communication with God. It's communica- it's, communication to me is speak, hear, understand. Simple. Quite simple. You talked about that at marriage yesterday, didn't you? And it's in surrendering to God. I choose to yield to God's will, to his ways, to submit to his guidance and power in my life. And it's a way of saying, Lord, everything I am, everything I will be, it's all you. I surrender to you. Spirit, soul and body, not holding anything back. Trusting that he is a wonderful God and his plans will be good for you. Not always easy but always good. I just want to look at a few scriptures about the lifting of hands. Mm. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. Psalm 63 verse 4. You see, you're taking the focus off of yourself and you're taking, taking the focus off of your situation and you're looking to Jesus, you're looking to God. And you're lifting and you're reaching to God. I'll lift my hands as long as I live in your name. To you, O Lord, I call my rock. Be not deaf to me, lest you be silent to me. I will become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help. When I lift up my hands towards your most holy sanctuary. Psalm 28. Psalm 88. Every day I call upon you, O Lord, I spread out my hands to you. Psalm 119.48 and Psalm 134.2. I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love. Can we truly say we love his commandments? Yes. And I will meditate on your statutes. Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. O Lord, I call upon you. Hasten to me. Give ear to my voice when I call to you. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you. And the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice, Psalm 141. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Isn't that amazing? The poetry of this scripture, it really speaks to my soul. And at the evening sacrifice, I rose from my fasting, prayer, fasting, with my garment in my cloak torn, And I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God. And then Timothy, I desire then that in every place the men should pray. That's women too. Lifting holy hands without anger or quarrel. 
You see, the care that was taken for the support of Moses when he couldn't stand any longer, when he couldn't keep his arms up any longer, Aaron and Hur came alongside of him and held his arms up and they sat him down. They didn't seat him on a chair of state or a throne. They sat him on a rock. They sat him on a rock and they stood on either side of him and they held his arms up. They were there cheering him on. They were there supporting him. And that, to me, is just such a picture of the body of Christ. When one is down, the other comes alongside and picks up. When one is sick, someone will provide a meal, someone will do something else, someone will clean a house. When one is in need, there is someone in the body of Christ that will rise up and be part of their solution, will be an answer to their prayer, like Aaron and her in their support of Moses. It's the power of team. The power of team is an incredible... I don't think we'll fully understand the fullness of it in God until we stand before him. And then it says we'll know all things. He'll download everything. All the questions that we've ever had, all the, the angst and anxiety that we've ever felt, all the sad... We'll, we'll stand before God when we go to be with him and he will give us that incredible download and we'll know all things. That's why in heaven there's no, no tears. It's rejoicing. And it's great joy you're in the presence of God forever and ever and ever. And you can talk to Jesus and you can talk to Moses and you can stand before God and tell him everything that you want to tell him, how much you love him. And you can talk for a thousand years and he'll turn to you and he'll say, go on. And you can talk for another thousand years. What? What is that? That is eternal joy. To stand in the presence of God. So whatever we're going through now, it's worth it. Whatever we're struggling with now, it's worth it. Because if we lean upon that rock, the rock of our salvation, that's Jesus. The foundation which is his word and our relationship with Jesus Christ. If we stand and, and when we get tired, sit on the rock. Sometimes we lay down on the rock. And then... When there is a battle to be waged and we're not able to do it ourselves, have our brothers and sisters come around us and say, come on, you can do this, you can do this. Because the anointing and the authority was on Moses, but because he was battling physically, he couldn't, he couldn't do it beyond a point. I mean, he was very old. <laughs> there were those that God had provided around him. And I can faithfully say that of this church. There are those that have been placed around me that lift my arms up, that strengthen me with their prayers. See, it's not just the physical. It's the spirit and you've got to bring both of them into play. Power of prayer. There are times when we need to go it alone. And there are times when we need help from others. And we've got to recognise what those times are. Talking with someone this morning about reaching out for help. And sometimes you think you're a burden to someone else, but you know what? It's more blessed to give than to receive. It really is. And so when you're an answer to someone's prayer, what a blessing that is. When you can pull along some, someone and... After having sought God and know what his will is for you to do on that day and then to do it, to walk in obedience to that, what a huge blessing that is. 
And even if the results are not what you want them to be, you leave it to God because when you're in the will of God, the consequences are God's. Yeah. And I think sometimes we try and we get discouraged because things don't work out the way we wanted them to. True? Yeah. But imagine being in that battle place. You see, they work together, Joshua and Moses. They're in the field battling with the blood lickers. <laughs> and there's Moses and Aaron and her on the top of the hill reaching for God because in the natural they couldn't defeat them. And yet in God, as they work together, the battle was won. Amazing, isn't it? Moses in that place making intercession. We can stand in that place in intercession and in prayer. You see, the cause of God will always be victorious. Always. I believe that with all my heart. Some things we won't know this side of eternity. But one thing I know, God is good. God is sovereign. God is all-powerful. God is all-loving. He's a kind God. He lifts up the brokenhearted and the downcast. He loves us so much that he sent Jesus. Jesus, the lover of our souls. What a wonderful saviour we have. So when we tie battles together, we think about every battle that we've ever walked through. You know what? It's not over. There's going to be more battles. There's going to be more Amalekites to slay. There's going to be things that come against you. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this is the life we live in. But God has given us his Holy Spirit so that we can seek him, we can reach for him, we can know him more, we can walk in the depth of understanding that God is sovereign and we can trust him no matter what the battle is looking like. Sometimes it's as simple a thing as just saying the word Jesus, the name Jesus, the power Jesus, and speaking that into a situation. I had a dream a couple of weeks ago. I was telling the church at North last week and everything around me was being slashed. There were people with knives and swords coming in and disemboweling. And I stood there and they started to come towards me and I said, I spoke and then I actually started to sing, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord of all, Jesus is Lord over all. And they all disappeared into the background and I know it was only a dream but the truth of that is that the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the power that he gives us through his name and in faith in him and in the word of God, we can overcome whatever comes against us. Amen. It's amazing, amazing. I really, really sense today, church, that God wants us to rise to a new level of understanding and trusting in him and coming back to those basics of the word and prayer and fellowship and love for one another, not criticism, not pointing the finger, not um, I want to do this but you did that or whatever, fill in the blanks. It's the human condition. We've got to be servants to all. We've got to rise above that, that tendency to 
descend to the negative and, and just say, well, God, what do you want to do through this? This is not ideal, but what do you want to do? What is my part in this? What is their part is their business. But whatever it is, it's take ownership of what God's speaking to you about and showing you to do. It's esteeming each other higher than ourselves. It's having a servant heart. It's reaching for God no matter what's happening in your life. Amen. When Jesus faced his greatest trial, what looked like the greatest defeat in all humanity was the ultimate victory. When Jesus came into Jerusalem, he set his face like flint as he went down that Palm Sunday path. And we've walked it down the Mount of Olives. He set his face like flint knowing that he was going to face the very purpose that he came to earth for. He set his face like flint and we need to do that too because we want to reach the world with the love and the life and the hope of Jesus. We want to minister to our community. We want to be the answer in the natural while we're praying. So it's the natural and it's the supernatural, the prayer that will bring people to understanding of who God is in their lives, who God wants to be in their lives that we'll see salvations, we'll see healings, we'll see miracles, we'll see the provision of God that in a dry and thirsty land as we lift our hands to Jesus, he will pour his spirit out and we will make a difference for God. It's the God vision that he wants us to have. And it will cost us something. It might cost us, cost me tears, it does. <laughs> and it's okay. Because this life is temporary and we're building for eternity. Amen. He's amazing. So he set his face like flint, moved towards his destiny, died a death that we deserve on that cross, conquered death and hell once for all, that one-time sacrifice, so that we can live in the victory that he's given us that the blood lickers will not have victory over our lives. Amen. I'm going to finish. The God perspective, the God word. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you today for the power of your word, the truth of your word for the presence of you, Holy Spirit, in this place today. And I thank you for every person, Lord God, that is receiving from you right now what you want them to know, that you will encourage them, that you will give them strategies, that you will give them a plan, you will show them your timing. And Lord God, as they, as they rest in you, whether they're seated upon the rock or whether they're actually already standing in prayer with their hands raised with that rod, with the word in their mouth. Lord God, speaking offensively and defensively against the attack that's coming. Father, you know where everyone is at. But Lord, it starts with salvation. And so if there is anyone in this place today who does not know Jesus as Saviour and Lord, I would... Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray, you can pray along with me and for those online as well. Father, I give my life to you now. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to wash me and cleanse me. I ask you to take my life, take hold of my life 
and make me count for something more than what I think I count for. I ask you, Lord, to be the saviour and the Lord of my life in every aspect of my life. And I ask you, Father, to take take the driver's seat in my car and lead me where you want me to be. I thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. We confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that he died and God raised him from the dead. And that is how we believe unto salvation. So if you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, please get in touch with us. And we want to help you. We want to resource you. But for those of us here today, are we weary from the fight? Are we wanting that refidim, that place of rest? Are we looking for it? And yet when we found that place of rest, that the battle has, has come against us. And are we weary? And are we positioned right where God wants us to be? Are we in the battle ground or are we doing the praying or are we doing both? Or what is it God's put in your hand to do today? What is it? He's asking of you. Hmm. Are we pulling alongside, being strengthened in unity, building team together so that we can lift those, those whose arms are heavy and burdened? Are we doing that? And you probably already are. But for those that are weary and burdened, you're not alone. You are not alone. For those who are carrying those burdens that are heartbreaking and beyond understanding, Father knows. Reach for God. Trust God. Trust God. He will strengthen you. And he will bring you through. We give you praise and thanks in the house this morning. Father God, that you are almighty God. We love you, Lord. Commit this all into your hands now. In the precious and matchless name. That name that is above every name. The name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. Or come along to our Sunday service at 10am.